Hello, everybody, and welcome to FieldLink. I'm Bill Smith, your host. Hey, we've got a special edition of FieldLink coming to you uh, from the Commodity Classic, the 2022 Commodity Classic in New Orleans, Louisiana. Really excited to be here. We're going to have three awesome interviews today. We're going to first meet uh, a national corn grow champion, uh, Heath Cuttrell from uh, Chesapeake, Virginia, will be joining us uh, to tell his journey and his story to how he was the national champion, uh, corn growing champion this year uh, across the U.S. And in addition, Jody Lawrence is going to be back to join uh, us to give us a quick update on some of the commodity market updates. And then finally, uh, Helena, uh, the Helena Products Group has introduced a new methodology called Protecta. And Patrick Ewing and uh, uh, Tony Lawrence will be joining us uh, to share a little information about Protecta and what it's going to provide to growers. So stay tuned for FieldLink. Hello, everybody, and welcome to FieldLink. Uh, this is Bill Smith, your host, uh, reporting to you today. We're recording today, actually, uh, from New Orleans, Louisiana, at the uh, National Commodity Classic. And we're going to be honoring uh, today uh, some of the nation's top corn growers from across the United States. And we're really excited to have uh, with us in the Helena booth um, one of the uh, top winners this year, Heath Cattrall from Chesapeake, Virginia. He was the national uh, contest yield winner with a, a yield of 391.3 bushels per acre in the conventional non-irrigated category. Also joining us uh, with us is uh, JB, his branch manager from Helena, and we're excited to have both of you guys uh, here with FieldLink and joining pleasure, us here. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Awesome. Great. Uh, well, guys, let's just kind of jump into it before we get uh, wild and crazy. Let's learn a little bit about uh, uh, Heath. Learn, tell us a little bit about home. Where, where's home? Tell us about your operation. We farm uh, on the southeastern side of Virginia, northeastern. North Carolina, Virginia yeah. line. Okay. About awesome. 90 miles from the coast. 90 miles from the coast. All right. How much are you farming now, Heath? Uh, close to 5,000 acres. New Orleans got my voice last <laughs> New <time>. Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans does it to a lot of us out here. That's for sure. When we start, to, <laughs> it uh, it can creep on you. And when they say, let the good times roll, I think a lot of us did, right? <laughs> we did. That's right. <laughs> that's great. And that's what the uh, uh, this event's about. It's about celebrating the success of things. And uh, we're really excited to have you here, Heath. Um, tell us a little bit more about the operation at home. Uh, are, are you all non-irrigated? Do you have any irrigation? Is it conventional no, tillage? We're all non-irrigated. Irrigated. Okay. Um, every acre we farm is dry land. Okay. Yeah, great. Majority of what you do is on your corn, especially you, you till all your ground That's for right. your corn. Uh, you will plant some no-till beans. Yeah. We'll do some uh, double crop no-till beans. Okay. So pretty much corn and soybean rotation on your operation? And we have some wheat as well. You have a little wheat for rotation. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So tell me, uh, Keith, uh, what inspired, Heath, tell us, uh, what inspired you to even enter the NCGA contest? I had a friend a long time ago that was kind of doing it. And, you know, he told me, he said, uh, you've been having some pretty good yield. So he kind of hooked me up with the right people and we got started. I think it was about 2015 and it's just been fun ever since and met a lot of good people, you know, and, uh, the commodity classic, you know, trade a lot of good secrets or whatever. And, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's one of the neat things about this contest. While everybody's pretty inspired to go out and chase these big yields and, you know, try to maximize yield, uh, you do surround yourself with some really, really cool people that are 
prone, willing to help out, it seems like. Yeah, and they all, everybody seems to uh, want to help one another out. And, uh, it's, that's the good part about these kind of conventions is, is uh, everybody's, you know, got a helping hand. Yeah, that's neat. Uh, and, and I'm guessing uh, back home you have a lot of folks that help you out uh, on your operation. Do you farm by yourself? Do you have, yeah, have some I, folks? I have uh, four employees that work for me. Um, then my dad, he helps out a little bit as well. Okay. He's been retired. Awesome. And uh, obviously, JB, you're part of, it sounds like you're part of the operation as well, helping out uh, Heath and at, at your branch. Yes, we try to help, uh, you know, Heath with uh, decision making on varieties as well as herbicides and micronutrients and fertility and that's, that, those types of things where we can. Excellent. What, uh, what kind of products did, uh, you know, help Heath, uh, you know, perform the way that uh, his corn crop did here? Well, in, in the past, Heath is, uh, you know, on his corn, he's used several different Helena products uh, in, in part of his production. Uh, he's wanted it's at the start, um, OFOS 824.0, um, pop-up starter fertilizer is one of the products that he has used. Um, kickstand zinc in with that uh, OFOS 824.0 has uh, that's been at, at the start. And then um, early post-emergence applications, Heath has um, had some real good success with ENC Flex and Megafold. Oh, wow. Those are two products that have, have been instrumental in plant health and early season development um, on his corn. I think we've, we've seen some good responses with that over the last few years. And then when we get into um, fungicide applications, tassel applications, um, you know, full bore, um, boron has been something that Heath has experimented with and used in the past during that stage of growth, as well as Coron, along with his fungicide sprays. Awesome. So that's just a Coron 2500. That's just sampling of, of some of the things we've done in the, over the last several years. You know, and it's constantly in flux as far as what Heath is trying to do and trying to, you know, push the envelope here and there and trying new things. And that's one of the things that makes him good at what he's doing is being innovative and being willing to to try those new things that that we bring to the table um, as well as others great that's awesome and and Heath uh, tell us a little bit about you know that that's quite a quite a list of products there clearly but you know a lot of folks definitely coming together to help support some of that but tell us a little bit about the growing season last year what kind of challenges were you faced with uh, last summer I was I think uh, this past year was a pretty daggone good year. We uh we didn't have hardly have any uh, holdups anywhere along the way. It was just we could do it all over. I'd bottle up last year and do it again this year. Is that right? I don't know. I remember Heath being a little bit concerned <laughs> at, at just a little bit after planting. Yeah. Uh, he he was he had a rough spell. Of, had a little bit of extra rain, a little bit more than we needed. Had a few acres he had to replant. That's right. yeah. And um and some some spots in some fields that were a little bit uh, water hurt early, and he was really concerned about how they were going to do but um as it as it usually does it all worked out well for him in the end <laughs> that's awesome you know uh t tell me a little bit about uh, we talked a little bit about the growing season but let's talk about harvest uh 391 bushels uh that's a lot of corn this year our corn uh, uh since i've been farming was probably one of the best years we've ever had uh it was just a phenomenal corn crop all the way across. Was uh, let's talk about the harvesting of that. 
391 bushels. You're not flying through the field with that harvesting. No, it's hard not to uh, harvest with a grin on your face when stuff like that's happening. <laughs> I was go, from eating, go from eating hot dogs to steaks. <laughs> I was constantly getting uh, snaps from him um, with his yield monitor, and it was it was looking pretty good. It was cranking up. Yeah, the, the track, the trucks were rolling pretty steady. <laughs> So, uh, you know, as a national winner, uh, I'm guessing you've had a, a lot of folks, you know, tapping on your door, congratulating you. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's going on here at the convention? Uh, do you have the conference tonight or the award ceremony and walking yeah, well, across the stage? We uh, we had a award ceremony on Wednesday night for uh, DECAL. Okay. And then uh, tonight, the NCGA banquet and uh, this and that, you know, in between. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's a great opportunity to get together again. And you said it earlier, uh, Heath, to talk to other growers from across the country, uh, share ideas, steal ideas, yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing, uh, and talk to a lot of different suppliers. Uh, uh, you know, everybody's here. It's it's uh, quite a convention for sure. Um, Heath, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what other services uh, utilize from Helena. Uh, you, you talked about uh, some of the products, but uh, certainly you're probably looking at some other areas of the business well i'll be honest we uh <clears throat> jb itself i mean we, we made a great friendship you know he's not just working for helena he's, uh, me and him have uh you know made a good relationship with one another uh we just went to the air church concert together did you? it was great yeah, yeah, had a big time too much <laughs> of a good time <laughs> did you do that down here oh, no that was back home back home okay so i mean uh, that company is a great company to me. Uh, they're all like family. You pick the phone up and it's right there immediately. It's uh, never any hesitations. And, you know, we'll work together with Heath. I mean, a problem in the field or something going on, he's got a question or concern about, something we need to try to look into, or troubleshoot, this type of thing. We'll, we're willing, you know, we're there to lend a hand and help any way we can. He messed um, up and gave me his home phone number a long time ago. So nine, <laughs> ten o'clock at night, something's on my mind. I'm calling him. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Your text buddies, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, and I think uh, you know those relationships are absolutely critical, especially when you're trying to chase these kind of yields. I mean, you've got to have a partner with you that's going to kind of help you along. And it seems like that's kind of the theme here. Well, got to have a lot of trust in somebody. Yeah, very much so. And you know. Uh, Heath, as you get ready, you know, we're celebrating now, we're wrapping, obviously we're in 22, but getting ready to crank up. When will you start uh, heading back to the field? As soon as we get home. Is that right? Yeah. You're going to be ready here yeah. pretty shortly. Yeah, we'll try to, we're going to try to start planting corn in about two weeks. Okay. What kind of, you, are you going to enter the contest again? Absolutely. For, all right. And uh, <laughs> what, what's the, what's the goal for 22? I don't know. I think I threw the whole kitchen sink at it this past year. I don't. I don't <laughs> we, know what else we can do. <laughs> we're, shooting, we're, shooting, we're shooting for four plus. Yeah, four plus. Yeah. All right. I told him. I said. Uh, I thought we had it this year. I thought we had over four hundred. My yield monitor on my combine was, you know, from four oh nine to four twenty, and uh, it was hard to be mad at it. But when it came back at three ninety one, I mean, it was still great. <laughs> well, uh, definitely a, a great opportunity to. Uh, you know, hit that 400 this year as we prepare for it. Um, what other, uh, are, you, are you planning any other soybean contests? Any other contests? I've never done that. Uh, I did enter the wheat contest this year and we won for the state of Virginia on that as well. Is that, you're a double winner. I'm a double winner. <laughs> <laughs> what, was your, what was your yields on your wheat? It was 111 bushels. 111 bushels, all right. But again, I've seen the yield monitor, that combine lies a lot. <laughs>
That's awesome. As we uh, wrap up, you know, our podcast today, you know, uh, Keith, really absolutely want to thank you for coming in. We want to thank you for being a Helena customer and and joining us. And JB, it's great to have you join us here. Great Uh, to be here. Yeah, and I hope you guys keep letting the good times roll here in New Orleans and have a good time. (laughs) Big plans for for tonight, right? Yeah. Well, I'm going to see if I can't finish off my voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we appreciate everything you do and uh, appreciate uh, you sharing your story. Um, and, guys, I uh, want to thank you very much for joining us here on Fielding. Thank, thank you, you Thank you for the time. Yeah. All right. And welcome back to uh, Fieldlink Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Smith, reporting from the Commodity Classic here in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, with us today is Patrick Ewan. Uh, he is the Director of Sales for the Helena Products Group and Tony Lawrence, Brand Manager for Sea Treatments, Fungicides and Insecticides. Uh, we're really excited to have these guys here joining us today. They had some awesome news sharing uh, with growers as we launched uh, a brand new product, or not necessarily a product, a brand new product. Uh, method. Uh, Patrick, do you want to tell us about the method Protecta that you uh, launched here this week? Hey, Bill, it's, it's great to be here with you, especially here at the Commodity Classic as we uh, really get to unveil what Protecta is. Protecta is our method. So, you know, I get often asked from, from time to time, is, is what is Protecta? What are you guys doing with it? And, you know, the easiest way I can explain it, Bill, is we're, we're looking at the two active ingredients that, that we're putting uh, I'll give you an example. I'm talking more to mobile, which is the, which is the first uh, product we'll launch with protective technology. Is so think about it like this: uh, you've got two very very good actives, and you know as those actives that are on the market today, you know it's a really a balance between cost and performance. And the, really the unique thing with Helda's business structure is to go the, the extra mile and say, how do you get more performance out of this product? So. What we're doing with Protecta is really a whole host of uh, technological advances. Is looking at, at the gaps uh, in the two AIs to see if we could strengthen those. And, and that's much why we call it a method, because it's really a trial and error to get the right combination, the right ratio, and, and to, to make the products perform at the higher level. Uh, that's, that's why Protect is a method. And we, we've successfully done that. Uh, we've pioneered this. Uh, and and it, it continues to evolve with, with depending on what the actives and the ratio and what you're trying to accomplish with it. So uh, the first product, as I mentioned, Mogul, has protected technology in it. We've been able to take those two AIs and really maximize the performance of it. Um, that's that's protected. That's what protect is delivering us uh, within these products. Well, that's really awesome. It's uh, it's definitely a method that uh, it's somewhat. Uh, I heard some 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 folks talking about it when they launched it. It's kind of our secret sauce, if you will, uh, our, our process that's uh, very unique. And Tony, you talked about that a little bit in your launch, uh, comparing to comparing it to uh, Coca-Cola in, in, in a unique way. Could you share that story with us? Yeah, and I, I'd like to get there. What I'd like to say is really, so why why Protector? And certainly a dynamic we see in the market is emergence of resistance, herbicide resistance, very, very well documented, a lot of solutions to it. What we've noticed, what our intel is telling us is there's a lot there's a, a lot more fungicide resistance that's developing a lot more insecticide resistance that's developing there are a host of challenges growers are facing today that they haven't faced in the past that they need answers to and that's really the core reason the the foundation to protect it 
So ultimately, Protecta is a recipe, and probably the most well-known recipe in the world that no one knows anything about is Coca-Cola. What is the most valuable thing about Coca-Cola? Google it. You will not find it. Um, it's locked up in a safe. And uh, what makes Coca-Cola, one of the things that makes Coca-Cola very valuable is the recipe. We believe Protect is incredibly valuable uh, because of the recipe. The recipe is really three key factors, three key things we focus on. The first is identifying active ingredients or chemicals, chemistries, excuse me, or combinations of chemistries that work very, very well in the field. We feel like we've got the best scientists and agronomists who can identify those. We couple that together with um, components that boost the performance of those AIs. So, for example, if, uh, if we're working with a, um, a systemic, typically you want to get that systemic in the plant as quickly as possible. What our chemists are incredibly good at is creating components that help the AIs do that better. Um, similarly, if you're working with a contact, it's all about coverage, it's all about um, extended uh, stay on the plant itself. It's, it's about persistence on the plant. Our, our chemists are very, very good at creating components that do that. Ultimately, that boosts performance. So really, that's all about step one, is creating formulation that works better. Step two of the protector recipe or methodology is uh, expert analysis. And we take it to areas in the country where we know there's a problem. We compare it to the very, very best competitors that are out there, always using a numbered compound approach. So. The researchers never ever know what they're testing. Uh, ultimately, when we get those results back, we feel like there's a lot of integrity in it. Integrity in it. There's no bias. We can make really, really good decisions based on that. And that's really the final step of Protector is the re the results part. And uh, we will not launch a product un unless we know it is superior to the competitors that are, that are out there. It'll truly provide value to the grower. So, Patrick. Um with Protecta, what, uh, there's really nobody else in the industry with anything quite like this. Is that pretty accurate? I Bill, I know there's different products. I think what most people really focus on is uh, sourcing the active ingredients and, and really trying to copy something that's already there. And, and j just here at the show, I, I got asked a question, tell me a little bit more about Protecta. So I was really trying to think about how you can can make an example. I know Tony's example of Coca-Cola was good, but I think of it if you buy a buy a, a, a vehicle, you've got a stocked engine in it. Uh, we're, we're taking this engine and getting the maximum output out of it. So uh, to your point, Bill, your question, there's really nothing like this. Uh, and it's not something that we just came up with overnight. This is years of work, uh, really hinging back to a lot of our um, technologies, whether it be actives uh, with our adjuvant base or whether it be some of the activator technology we bought. It's just a combination of getting the right balance of the right parts to really maximize that the value of those two AIs coming together. Uh, and, and the beauty of it is, uh, as Tony said, it's a recipe, but the recipe changes depending on what mix you're putting together is really what makes it unique. Uh, but it has to come from a lot of years of experience and expertise uh, with our chemist. So uh, it's unique. You know, what I would encourage our, our growers to do is, uh, as always, it really doesn't matter until they put it on their farm 
and can look at it according to what they're already doing. And uh, we're confident that uh, Protect is going to take uh, fungicide and insecticides to a different level with what we're doing here. Yeah, that's really exciting, and especially when you think all the years of work, and as you mentioned, the scientists and the people at Helena putting research into Protecta, and now they can start to uh, get to experience that with one of the first uh, products, which will be uh, with Protecta inside, will be uh, Mogul. Um, Tony, uh, what's the plan with Mogul, and what else is in the pipeline? Uh, we're incredibly excited about Mogul. You know, what is the why to, to Mogul? And one of the things we've noticed is there's substantial resistance to fungicides in soybeans to um, diseases are just becoming resistant to these fungicides. Probably the leading disease that uh, challenges farmers today is frog eye leaf spot. It started probably in Louisiana, spread up to the uh, Mid-South, and now is pretty common in a lot of areas in the Midwest and expanding into really all areas. The farmers really need a better answer uh, for that challenge. And that's why we, in large part, why we created Mogul. Mogul is outstanding on a broad spectrum of soybean fungal diseases. It is absolutely outstanding on frog eye, resistant frog eye leaf spite. Uh, we're actually going to launch it, um, give a lot more awareness, awareness uh, to our field sales group in September when we actually launch it. And then we'll be selling it in 2023 for the 2023 use season. But that's just the start. There are a lot more challenges growers are facing out there. We believe we've got the answers to those challenges. So actually, we've got another two fungicides uh, that will be launched in uh, the very near future. Uh, one of them contains an SDHI uh, and another chemistry be tremendous if for the uh, farmers who farm vegetables, fruits, uh, tree nuts, be an outstanding uh, solution. And then we uh, actually have another product that's already got a brand name called Tycoon. Um, a lot of our field sales will be excited to hear that's going to be labeled on rice um, and also uh, a lot of the specialty crops. So uh, a couple of fungicides we're really, really excited about. Let's not forget about insecticides. Probably the biggest dynamic we see for insecticides in general is uh, resistance, particularly by mites, to the miticides. So we believe we've got the best product in the market coming, uh, probably launch it in 2023 for 2024 sales. And this is actually going to be a two-way miticide, uh, the first of its kind in the market. Uh, we believe growers really need this answer. Uh, we've also got another premix we'll be launching, a combination of diamite uh, mixed together with a pyrethroid, multi-purpose, multi-crop, uh, great, a great answer for many farmers for the challenges they face. And then we've got a, uh, a uh, single single chemistry diamide uh, we'll be launching around about 2024 as well. So a lot of great things in the pipeline. Wow, it certainly sounds like a, a lot of products uh, uh, with the uh, Protect uh, methodology being utilized uh, for these new exciting products for growers, both on the fungicide as well as the insecticide side of the business. Well, uh, Tony, uh, Patrick, certainly want to thank you guys uh, for sharing this exciting news here at the Commodity Classic. What, just real quick, though, what uh, what are growers talking about as you've launched uh, this methodology at Protecta? Have you had a chance to talk to some producers about this? Uh, I can tell you in... Uh in a lot of areas in the Midwest where they started to face and understand the consequences of not being able to manage frog eye leaf spot, uh, there certainly is considerable excitement right now. Patrick, have you heard anything? 
Yeah, Bill, I've had just, just standing, you know, working booths with our learning sessions coming by. I've had uh, several people come by and said, you know, have seen the protector up. And can you tell me a little bit more about what it is? Uh, I think initially some of them think maybe it's it's a product, but but we have to go in and really talk about what it's doing to really enhance the performance of products. So uh, a lot of great questions. Um, I think once again uh, that these customers get to try the product, I think they they'll start to see uh, what it's delivering uh, with, with other products that are in the market. So we're we're really really excited about it. It's something we've been waiting for a long time to get rolled out, uh, so we could continue to. Uh, to show our customers what kind of products are coming out of this, this Helen Products group. Awesome. We're really excited and growers are excited to hear about Protecta and uh, it's been a fun convention so far and uh, we look forward to the balance of the convention. And thanks guys for joining us today as we uh, introduce Protecta to the market. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. Thank you guys. Welcome back to the uh, FieldLink Podcast. I'm Bill Smith reporting from New Orleans, Louisiana, and the 2022 Commodity Classic. We're really excited to be here today. We've got a special guest uh, joining us to get caught back up on uh, some of the grain markets. There's a lot of, uh, uh, I guess we'll just call it chaos going out there in the in the grain markets. We've got Jody Lawrence uh, joining us uh, with the Strategic Trading Advisors out of Nashville, Tennessee. Jody, uh, welcome back to uh, FieldLink. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for having us down here, having a good time. Well, uh, you know, you can't go around uh, anywhere right now, Jody, and there's so much chatter about grain markets. We we covered that in our last podcast, uh, and so much has changed since then. Uh, what, what What's your perspective right now, what uh, growers are, you know, I guess challenged with right now in terms of grain markets? The biggest challenge is obviously the conflict in the Ukraine, and as heartbreaking as that is, you, you'd rather it just be over, but we do have to deal with it because it is a, a bottom line affecting issue. And if the economic sanctions uh, stay in place for a long time and the Ukraine is not able to plant certainly a full crop this year, uh, in between Russia and the Ukraine, they're the second and third largest exporters of wheat and corn in the world at a time when the world is already short on both of those supplies. So the, that chaos is really just adding another layer onto what were already bullish markets heading into the U.S. growing season. You throw in the wrinkle of the record high fertilizer prices, the logistics issues, and everything else. Uh, Chaos is the perfect word for what we have because the markets are as volatile as they've ever been. And that becomes, uh, it's impossible to get used to. And it terrifies most marketers and most farmers that I speak to because they feel like they're going to make a decision to sell something and then 30 seconds later corn could rally 25 cents or wheat go up a dollar because we've seen some enormous ranges that are just very very intimidating and and cause more problems yeah certainly causing a lot of uh, stress for growers today that you know the markets will start at one spot in the morning and my goodness they change crazy uh, by the afternoon and wake up the next morning and we're from from the left field to the right field, it seems like. Exactly. So, uh, you know, as you're uh, talking to a lot of uh, your colleagues, Jody, what uh, what's what's the top advice right now? What, uh, what should growers be really thinking about? Well, we're getting so close to the start of planting, and here we are in New Orleans, and I know that in Texas and certainly in the South Delta, there's already a lot of seed in the ground. As farmers are getting prepared 
and getting their, uh, you know, their early treatments and getting their seed and, and fuel. And we do need to address the fuel issue uh, for hedges, but it's, uh, there's just so many variables right now that the best thing to do is know exactly what uh, revenue level you purchased and have your crop insurance agent fully explain the value uh, and of what you purchased with, with your uh, revenue-based policies. Then as you begin to feel confident that all of your seed and product, all your inputs are going to be show up at your farm when you need them, figure out a very basic break even on normal yields and then move into a situation where you can layer some small sales in at these great prices because the last thing we want to have anybody do is uh, be buying 650 corn inputs and then end up selling corn for 550 because if a string of you know positive uh, events in the world but would be bearish to price happen um, what you're, what are you hearing? I mean, I, I turn the news on and, and a lot of these shipping lanes, uh, you know, even if here we are, uh, we're, we're looking here at March 11th, uh, when we're recording this podcast, a lot of chaos as we talked about earlier, but even in, in, in Ukraine, I mean, if we could start running planners in a week or two in Ukraine, Will they even get a crop in? And then more importantly, how can they even get it out? And what is that going to do to total global supply from your perspective? Uh, it, it's incredibly bullish. It, 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 you know, back to the whole heartbreaking un, un, it, lack of necessity for everything that's going on over there. Uh, you have to think about it on a, on a very, uh, you know, several different uh, people, uh, organizations involved across the board. If you're a bank or are you going to loan? or a chemical company or anybody, an input company, are you going to loan a farmer and sell him product that you hope to get paid back for in the middle of a war zone? Or, and if you own a, uh, anything where you would send a boat over there, are you going to be able to insure it to get it filled up to, to get out what available supply is still there? So you've got so many layers and wrinkles to this that it becomes, it, it could become a, a cataclysmic event if the war rages on uh, for another two or three months, because if the Ukraine is not able to put in, it, even if they got a break and got in 50% of their crop, you're still talking about a situation where the second, you know, and Russia being banned from the world for all practical purposes on what they can export, you take those two out of supply, it, the rest of the world still has to eat. All the protein has to be fed. So there's going to be, uh, a real search, uh, a real hard search for these bushels, and the U.S. is going to be the first place because we're the, you know, the, the the best alternative for everybody, even if they're used to doing business with the Ukraine or Russia. And if we have an, a shortage on top of where we are, then you have to really think a, a couple different things. That the 2012 bright high record highs for corn and beans are going to be in play uh, if. The U.S. only you know, plants 89 million acres of corn or 90 million acres, and we have a, a, any sort of yield issue. Uh, just so many things that that disrupts. You cannot, re, you can't fill in what we can't just plant more acres to fill in whatever the Ukraine is not going to be able to at an already at already historically tight time for uh, world grain stocks. Sure. 
Well, and so kind of walking away, at least this episode of FieldLink, we really need to, you know, steady the course. And it sounds like continue to be in contact with, you know, your financial advisors as well as your trading advisors uh, to be sure you're not the only person saying this. Have a plan and yeah. stick with the plan. Is that still pretty accurate? It's still very accurate. And it applies whether corn's at 350 or at 650 because if you – you just put yourself in a position where you make some rash decisions that it, uh, it, if you plan it out, it just makes it easier to pull the trigger. The break on uh, Thursday or Tuesday and Wednesday of uh, in the diesel fuel market dropped over a dollar a gallon, the largest single day uh, drop that anybody ever seen. Now is a great time to be talking to your fuel suppliers to get your spring, summer, and fall needs because we may not be at the bottom during this mess, especially if all of Russia's oil, the 3% they supply to the United States, uh, it, even it will take a while to replace that. But we, we know how, how much higher it can go, and, and fuel is a great time to hedge it and to talk to your uh, who, who supplies you your diesel. Right. Yeah, definitely uh, we all can uh, feel that impact right now as we drive to the pump. I know driving down here to uh, New Orleans from Memphis, uh, there's certainly uh, a few more digits added to the fill in that tank for sure, and that's probably not going to go away very soon. So thanks, Jody, for that advice. And uh, Jody, thank you again for uh, joining us here in New Orleans uh, for the 2022 Commodity Classic. And uh, folks, thank you for uh, tuning in to Field Night. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of FieldLink. Be sure to log in and subscribe to our FieldLink podcast or follow us uh, on HelenaAgra.com to learn more.